0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Slot Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. It is 6 26, 2019. It was the first day of Sabres development camp. So, before we hop into that, let's quickly recap um, I guess the lack of Sabres trades since the last time I recorded. There weren't any trades, um, but there was a draft, and they drafted 7 and 31. In the first round, um, so Dylan Cousins was the uh, seventh pick, center out of Whitehorse, Yukon. The Yukon. I don't know. They were talking so much about the Yukon on the radio. Very um, lightly populated area of Canada. Uh, then there was Ryan Johnson with the thirty-first pick. Uh, he was that pick we got from St. Louis and that turned into a defenseman. So now we officially have a name and face to put with that pick to really try and judge the O'Reilly trade. Even though I think we all know the Sabres lost that one. Uh, Also going on in the uh, second round they had no picks. Third round they picked Eric Portilio a goaltender from the Swedish Juniors. Fourth round aaron huglin huglin uh right winger fifth round philippe Senderquist left wing sixth round lucas and i'm not sure if it's rusk Rusek, or rouskin i'm not really sure i didn't hear his name pronounced i was not watching day two of the draft well he was a six-round pick right wing and he stood out to me a little bit he's got some impressive speed you can see a lot of my thoughts that I may not bring up now by following along on Twitter at Slot Shop Podcast, or, uh, subscribe. You won't hear those thoughts. You'll have to look the Twitter uh, exclusively for those because I was kind of live-tweeting my thoughts and even some videos of Development Camp. Um, mainly the things I was looking for in the first session had Dylan Cousins and he was the one that I was watching. Um... He, he was okay. I think he's going to need another year, maybe two, of um, juniors. Oh, we'll see what he does in training camp, and he may have that nine-game audition. But I was, we're not looking at a Jack Eichel. Um, I don't even know if I want to say a Sam Reinhardt comparison either it may be the same trajectory with Sam Reinhart, where he spends an extra year in juniors and then comes up and starts going. Maybe. Um, he he looked fast, had some definite skill, but the person who stood out the most in session one would be Tage Thompson. By far the best player on that ice during stage, or phase, uh, session one of the uh, practices. His shot is always great always powerful they were finding the back of the net they were doing some shootout relays and uh, he scored two, three times in that um, he, he looked good he looked good makes me uh, hopeful because he's the second part of that O'Reilly trade that you were going to have to judge on forget Soboka, forget Berglin they're not going to help you with this trade um, it really comes down to Thompson and now Johnson. And Thompson looked like maybe maybe there is still some upside. He's not a bust. Maybe that little stint in Rochester did him really good. If he shows up to training camp and performs like he did today, and I'm I probably won't see the other practices. Um, but if he continues to play and perform like he did, and puts together a strong camp. He's better than Larson, Gergensen, and Saboka. I can't think of a good reason why he's not going to make this roster. I mean, look look at the bottom part of it. Who's really better than him? Hell, look outside of the Eichel-Reinhardt-Skinner line. Who's really going to be better than him? I don't know. So he's got a shot. A real good shot. Session 2 had a little more appeal, um, in my opinion, even though it didn't have... Dylan Cousins, the first selection for our draft, it definitely had prospects that are closer to the NHL level, and I was kind of surprised at how empty uh, the Harbor Center got for the second half, or second session compared to the first, but Olafson and Asplund look ready to be NHLers. Everything I said about like Thompson, who's better than him on the Sabres roster, well I ask you that too about Olafson. Who would be a better candidate to be on the second left wing? Maybe Connor Sheary, but I don't I don't know. I think I think a lot of people in the media, you listen to Instigators and you listen to other shows on WGR, they kinda unofficially have Olafson pegged as that second line winger. And his shot is amazing. There's a good reason why they are pegging him there, and geez, just have him on the team alone to put him on his off wing on the power play. He's a left-handed shot. Put him on the right wing. Put Eichel on the left. Like that's just two great shots on the off wings. It's he was um, in the first part of the practice. Like if he wasn't hitting the back of that, he was in the post. He was just an amazing shot. Asplund. Had some good-looking good, good looking, uh, shots, but just really nice moves. And as <laughs> I teased in the beginning of the podcast, there is not a lot of trades that the Sabres were even in on rumors or anything. I can't even, like, yes, obviously they didn't make a trade. They weren't even rumored in any of these P.K. Subban or J.T. Miller trades. So if you get stuck with nothing, maybe Asplen's <laughs> that guy. Um... He looked good. I don't think he's going to be a Ryan O'Reilly replacement type le- uh, level in terms of like 60 points, but maybe maybe he's uh, someone you can throw on that second line and get you like 40 to 50 points until middle stat's ready. I don't know. He, he just he looked really good. Those two were by far the best of Session 2. Um I tried to keep my eye on Samuelson, the second-round defensive pick from last year's draft. I have high hopes for him. I don't really know why. I like his size, and he showed some good offensive capability that I didn't necessarily think you might get with him. Um, Looked okay in some of the defensive drills. It It was interesting to watch the camp, and... I wish I could go again tomorrow and Friday but unfortunately have other business to attend to Uh, I will probably watch that 3 on 3 stream and it should just be cool to see even the progress that some of these players have within the 3 days and for those who are going to be coming to training camp those like Thompson, Olofsson Asplin, maybe Cousin see how they look and what steps did they take there so that was really it. Other other prospects that kind of caught my eye: Davidson. Um, oh, the not Ristelainen, the Rostelainen, Rostelainen, I think is how you say his name. R two, R two D two. He um, he looks pretty good at parts of his practice. He was in the session with um, Thompson. Uh, so, I mean, Thompson kind of strolled the show, and Cousins was the other thing I was watching there. But he—he he looked pretty pretty good. Uh, maybe the Sabres have something there. I mean, when I look at some of these prospects, Thompson, Rota-Lanen, Um Olufsen, Asplund—I I honestly am not thinking like, can you be the second line player? Because I don't. The only way you're going to get that is through free agency, or trade, or an offer sheet. Um, We don't have any kind of prospects like that, but can you be a third-line player or a fourth-line player? Look at our bottom six forwards. Yeah, middle stat's going to be there. There's room to grow for him. Yeah, Oposo kind of has to be there. Batchel doesn't like buyouts, and I personally would not buy him out yet. Maybe after the season, that's something I would look at if I can't move him in the um, expansion draft with Seattle. And then Sherry, those are the only ones that I feel like, yeah, they are going to be in the bottom six, and maybe even some of them are going to be in the uh, top six that aren't the Eichel line, just because of how little you have in the system. Um, So, I don't know, we'll just say the bottom nine. You've got three people in the bottom nine, probably. Any of these prospects, in my opinion, would be an upgrade over Larson, Saboka and Gergensens. Rodriguez I want to keep. He's the only other person that wasn't on that middle stat line that I just mentioned that I think is worth keeping. I don't know what to expect with Nylander, if he's even going to be on the team. Uh, the reason he wasn't on the, the development camp was cleared up by Paul Hamilton online. He's played three pro seasons. Uh, the Amherst are pros. Um, so he does not qualif- qualify for this any longer. But I gotta wonder what's going on with with him there. Like, he looked better than he ever has down the stretch when he played for the Sabers uh, the end last year. But that's not saying much. And I just I don't know. You're gonna are you gonna put him with Jack Eichel? Is he someone who needs to play with elite talent to bring out the best? Is he someone that can fill out a fourth or third line role? I really don't know what to expect. I think he's going to be a piece to go in a trade um, to try and get something for the um, top six. We'll see. But yeah, there's just not much ahead of some of these prospects, in my opinion, that need a roster spot. There's like three or four guys that aren't Eichel, Reinhardt, and Skinner that I think need to be on the uh, starting 12 forwards um, alright so I guess now with the last few minutes of the podcast let's talk about what is your ideal hope, uh, fix for this um, for the Sabres roster I wanted it to be a wristline and trade for a center I, I don't know you know are GMs smartening up about this I, I don't know Um, I want to say no when you look at some of the some of the trades that were made like I know a lot of them were salary dumps but like we had the cap room you couldn't get I I know PK Subban's not a forward but you couldn't swing that kind of trade you couldn't get JT Miller to be that second line center until Middlestaff develops or, or Cousins develops one of those two you couldn't you couldn't get a first-round pick from Toronto to have them unload the uh, Marlowe contract and then buy him out? Or who knows, he may have just been better than some of the stuff at the bottom of your roster. Why why is Bottrell not making trades? I, I actually, there, During the break between the sessions, Zamboni came out. I wandered around the uh, little rink or mini-arena, whatever you want to call it, and there was this roped-off section that you could walk around and see into, and that's where Terry Bagula and some of the higher-ups of the Sabres organization were. And there's Bottrell. and they're talking. Him and Bagula are talking, and I'm like, "Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if like Terry's like, just make a trade, do an offer sheet, do something." And then I see Botrel reach for his phone, and I'm like, "Oh, this is it. This is it." He walks down, away from people, but there's still some people within earshot. I'm I'm on the uh, belt, like upper level, so I'm just just above him. And then he like, kind of like leaves the bleacher area, and it goes somewhere down in the locker room. I'm like, oh, please tell me he's making a trade, and I'm going to look on Twitter in five minutes and see something. I have yet to see anything. I don't know how long it takes for information to leak, if there even was a trade. But... Uh, there's a lot of action going on in the NHL, and we're not even rumored to be in an, in any of it. And that's the most frustrating thing. And I, I don't even know if I needed to be a trade anymore. Maybe he really likes Ristolainen. I don't want to trade him just to trade him, but I do think he's the piece on your roster that's going to get you the most outside of untouchables like Michael um, and Daleen and obviously you're not trading Skinner, you just signed him. I don't want to move Reinhardt. If you can't get someone better in a risk from a wrist alignment trade, he's going to be like your third best third or fourth best player on the roster. Um, so that's not somebody I'm interested in moving. So it's wrist alignment. Wrist alignment is the only thing on your team that has any appeal. But even if you don't want to trade him, use an offer sheet. Please, use the offer sheet. I don't care about forfeiting picks. Because if, you, if you're a good offer sheet, and you can get a good player, because obviously you're not offer sheeting crap, you're not going to care because your picks are going to be in the 20s or, heaven forbid, the 30s, and maybe you'll win a cup. Like Sebastian Ajo, I, the rumors are that he's being offered uh, eight years for $6 million a year, so that's $48 million. Even if you offer him seven years for 8000000 million, you're beating that deal. Go seven for $9 million. Give him $63 million for seven years. Yeah, Carolina's got cap room to probably match it. Okay, let them match it. Now they have to tie up $3 million more million than they were planning to in a player. And if they don't match it for whatever reason, you've got yourself basically another version of Jack Light. And you're not waiting for these guys to become 26 through 29 when they're done with their um, second contract, their initial one, and then their bridge or any kind of deal. They're going to be younger. So why not? Why not do it? What? You're afraid? (laughs) Look at your roster. Who are you afraid another team is going to try and offer sheet? Maybe Reinhardt? Don't let it get to that. Start working on that extension right away. Darlene, on July 1st, 2020, where you can officially start negotiating with him, you offer him basically almost any any amount of money he wants if you're really that afraid. Don't let it come to that. Don't be the Leafs and push off all these uh, RFAs to now where you are susceptible to that. Be a smart, savvy GM. Offer sheet something. I don't know. That's that's the only... Nobody's coming here in free agency. The Pavelski rumors, he's declined multiple meetings with multiple teams because they're not close to winning. Uh, I read that the only teams he's considering, I think, were Tampa, maybe, and Dallas, and I think Chicago may have been a rumor, or um, I don't know how official that one was, but these are teams that are good, that made the playoffs, or have a history of winning. In Chicago's case, what do we have a history of doing? We can't even win lotteries. We did it once in all these times of finishing last. I mean, it's just, you're not going to get a UFA. And if you do, you're going to have an Oposo-type deal where you're regretting it two or three years. And you're like, oh, my God. I mean, last year, John Tavares wasn't returning our phone call. A couple years ago, when Stamco's going to hit the market, again, He chose to be with a winning team. People want to be on winning teams. So if you, you know, are fine with waiting, seems infinite amount of years at this point, for a team to develop and Jack Eichel to be, you know, towards the end of his second contract, and maybe you're finally good, okay, if that's really what you want to do. But offer sheeting can help you get a team together that can compete. So that's how I'm feeling about Offsheet. I would go with Aho or someone else. Uh, not Marner. Aho or... I really want a Braden Point, but I think that would be a costly one too. But do something to improve the team now. Alright, I'm going to wrap this up. So this has been the Slot Shop Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe on iTunes for the updates. I'll probably do something after Free Agency, um, which is a know less than a week and uh you can follow along on uh twitter for any live breaking stuff too i'll have reactions there it's at slot shop podcast at twitter email me at slot shop pod what do you think for offer sheets who's your desired trade um who's coming who's going anything from there thanks for listening